back again, and it feels so good. Now, that could be in reference to two things. One, we haven't filmed a show in a while. And two, the Kings are back in the playoffs after being, I mean, not only absent, but like completely devoid of any hope that they were going to make it for the past 16 years. And they are back in the playoffs. And, oh, my goodness, we haven't had a chance to celebrated on this show and we are going to give the kings their flowers the show we're going to talk about the upcoming playoffs everything walled wall kings talk this is the episode we've been waiting for life got in the way we couldn't film we were actually planning on filming the day after they made it into the like officially clinched we didn't know what day that was going to be we actually all sort of anticipated that it was going to be march 27th against the timberwolves obviously it wasn't they had to um, go beat the Trailblazers by 40 points. Then they clinched. Um, and then, yeah, life got in the way, and we, we couldn't really – we couldn't film the way that, that we wanted to. So we're back now. And, oh, my gosh, Sam, I, I don't even know where to begin with all of this. Um, so many thoughts, so many emotions. Um, we don't have to spend too much necessarily on the actual clinching day because a few games have been played since, and now we're really looking at the playoffs. But just going back to the moment that it was actually official, I mean, what, what, were, your, what were your overall thoughts? You know, I feel kind of cheated as a Kings fan. I think it would have been the perfect storybook thing if they clinched at home against Minnesota. I think that would have been the icing on the cake. I mean, beating a Portland team, what Dame was already sitting at that point. Um, Anthony Simons, I don't even think it was like who was even playing on that Trailblazer team. Um, and they end up beating them by 40. Like it would have been awesome for them to have won and come back in that game against Minnesota um, to be able to clinch it. That would have been the storybook. And it just felt a little anticlimactic after when they did it in Portland. Mm hmm. But yeah, but I'm, I can't take it for granted. My, this is just so negative, and it just shows so much about how the Kings have affected me and my sports fandom. But it's like, yeah, I'm already thinking about next year. Like, is this going to be the the one and done year? Are they only going to make the playoffs this year and then go for like ten straight years without making the playoffs? I, like, is this I is this an anomaly year? Well, you'd like to think not with everything uh, that they've built. Um, I mean, Sabonis is young, Fox is young, Keegan, Kevin, they're all young. Malik is young, Davion's young, like Kessler Edwards, same thing, Trey Lyles. Everybody's young on this team, and the only two superstars really right now are Fox and Sabonis, and you could easily pay both of them and keep pretty much everybody. So you'd think that this could be something that they would be able to sustain going forward. Um mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think the Timberwolves game was the one that we were all hoping for because it was in Sacramento. And yeah, something about it just would have been what, yes, it would have felt very storybook. And I guess the fact that the trailblazers game was wrapped up pretty much by midway through the third quarter, like it took a little bit of the suspense out of it, but all in all, when the buzzer did finally sound, I did shed a few tears. I was so happy. Um, It was, just a nice exhale, I guess, because I think for me, at least, and I can't speak for you and I can't speak for Ben, I think we all were sort of anticipating, 
like two, three weeks ago, that it was overwhelmingly likely that it was going to happen. Like they were going to have to fall off a cliff for it not to. So we all kind of knew. But there was something about it actually just being like checked off the list. Like, yes, they actually did it. We don't have to say, well, it should happen. There was something about that that was really, really special, despite knowing that it was most likely going to. Once it actually did happen, I mean, it was it was a feeling of bliss, like pure bliss. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I was very excited. I'm very happy. Um, and I, I mean, I'm. I, what lays ahead of them right now is very, very interesting. Um, so mm-hmm. unless you have any, uh, unless you have any final thoughts about the actual day, I think it's time we start actually looking ahead to the playoffs. Well, I have to break the news. I, th- I think I told you, but um, unfortunately, I have a, I have a prior conflict with the projected opening weekend of the first round, so I will not be able to attend the first mm. playoff game in Sacramento in over 16 years. And so I'm heartbroken. The real question is, are Ben and I obligated to not go then? Because no, we had all, we had all three go. of us had talked about um, going. So as friends, do we say, well, if you're not going to be there, then we're not going to be no, there. No, no, you guys have to be there. Because you could be at maybe the second one. Yeah, I was thinking I, the way it would turn out potentially in the second round, if they were to... Well, no, I mean, I mean, even just the second game. No, because they're the they're like the same weekend. Okay, well then the third game. <laughs> and so, well, I mean, we'd have to hope that they didn't get swept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd hope it'd go to five. So game five would be your would be your target point. Um, because what it's it's like next week. I mean, there are only four games left. The final game of the season is April 9th. So, yeah, um, I have a tournament that that weekend, the next weekend. Um, yeah, it'd be kind of tough. I'm not in the. I'm not even in. I'm in um, Salt Lake City. Big, t- you're a big wig coach, you know. So, I mean, I I get it. Yeah, something like that. Man, <laughs> it is. It's it's a good time. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. Well, I mean. Fingers crossed, maybe you'll be able to sneak free. If not, at the very least, you'll be able to enjoy the fact that they're there. Um, who they're going to be there with is the question. And right mm-hmm. now, if the playoffs were to end today, they would be squaring up against the Warriors. So the way that the way that this is going to break... With Andrew likely, Wiggins coming back. Yes. <laughs> the way that this is going to break is it's either going to be the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers the Pelicans or the Timberwolves. And mm-hmm. I, I think the Timberwolves are probably not as likely now, but there's still a possibility. So, I mean, let's just really quickly, if we can just off the top of our, off the top of our heads, if, as I list the, um, or here, let's just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, Let's see. Let's go Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves. But that's five teams. So I'm going to go down the list of all of those teams, right? Mm-hmm. And when I get there, what I, what I want you to say is just give me a quick 
like confidence meter on how confident you'd be going in to that matchup. So if I were to say the Kings are playing the Clippers in the first round, how confident would you be on a scale of one to five? Um, of them winning that that series? Yes, sir. Uh, I'd probably say. Uh, I, can I preface this by saying that I'd be pretty pessimistic of them playing anyone, just because we have not yeah, no. seen them in the playoffs ever. And yeah. I mean, the the lack of experience is pretty pretty daunting for their main core guys. Um, I think I'd give them the best shot of beating the Clippers. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give them a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of falling in that, that area too. I think it would be contingent on whether or not Paul George was playing, and mm-hmm. I don't know how likely that is at the moment. Yeah, if playoff P is missing, I mean, that's a big... <laughs> right. That's a big domino. I truly believe they could be. I mean, they were three and one against the Clippers this year. Um, they blew them out once, and then they it was really tight the other two. So I, I feel I feel based on just track record that they could probably pull that out if Paul George is not playing. If he's mm-hmm. playing, then ooh, I don't know. I mean, that would be tough. So I think I'll stick there with you with the three and a half. If I were to say they were playing the Warriors in the first round. What are you thinking about that? One to five. Yeah, for me, that'd be I'd be a little less confident in that one. It'd probably be a three, um, three out of five because the home court advantage would be pretty substantial. Uh, Wiggins coming back, I think, is huge for that team. It's it yes. shows it shows up a lot of defensive deficiencies that they have, um, and really offers an offensive threat. But we can't like he's not going to just come back in and hit the ground running. You can't assume that. Um, but he definitely helps them. Um, that would be the highest scoring series of all time. Because <laughs> neither team could play defense. Yeah, I, I actually think I would give it a two and a half, honestly. I, I've i been saying all year about the Warriors, just looking at their road record. They're 9-30 and 30 on the road. They're nine and thirty on the road, and I know that Wiggins has been out. And when the playoffs roll around, the Warriors are a different team. I get all that, so I don't know how much stock I need to be taking in the fact that they're that bad on the road. I really don't know what to make of that. But I feel like if I've been harping about the Kings and how good their road record is, twenty-four and fourteen, I can't split my tone and say. I don't know how much stock I should take in the Warriors road record. So I think that that is a factor and a pretty big Mm -hmm. factor. So the Kings having home court, I think would benefit them slightly. However, the Kings are 23 and 17 at home. It's not like they've been dominating teams at home like they should be, which is a bit concerning. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm going to say, that one of the reasons why you should believe in the Kings is the record, then I can't sort of change my tone against the Warriors. So I think the road record is something to pay attention to with the Warriors, but I'm going to put it at two and a half with you just because it's them. Like I, like you can't discount the fact that 
all of those guys just have championship pedigree, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So, all right. If I were to tell you that we were playing Bryson's Lakers in the first round, what do you what are you saying? Um, I'd be I'd be slightly more confident. Um, oh, I think it'd be like somewhere between a three and a half and three for me. I'd be slightly more confident than the Lakers matchup or the Warriors matchup, but a little less because LeBron, the LeBron effect, I don't know how they guard LeBron, um, how they guard AG. He's not really a good matchup for them. Um, but with that being said, the health of that team, yeah, we don't really know how they're going to fare in a seven game series, what AD is going to show up between each game and, Really, in the playoffs, you can't just throw games away because players aren't healthy or are just having absurdly off nights. So, I think I think the Lake. I think we got to give the Kings a little more credit that they are a bad matchup for teams. Like teams should be looking at the Kings like, "Whoa, how do we compete with that offense?" Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't have our A games, they can shoot us off the floor. Yeah, and can be virtually unguardable. So I think we got to give the Kings that credit. Um, so I think the, the Lakers pose the possibility of, well, there's going to be a couple games where they're just off and the Kings really this year haven't had a lot of off games. So I was having this conversation with, um, with Bryson actually last night. I said, I think the Lakers are a bad matchup for the Kings, and I think the Kings are a bad matchup for the Lakers. Because one of the things that Bryson talked about was that the Lakers' guards aren't amazing at defending. And if no. you, you think if Schroeder, you, and Schroeder and Russell aren't very right. good at defending. So if you're going to have if you're going to have those guys running around with, with Fox and Herder coming off screens and Malik and I mean, even Kessler Edwards, Davion, like it's going to be tough for the Lakers guards to stick with the Kings guards. I mean, the Kings guards are, I mean, they're, I mean, that combo has been outstanding for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but on the other side, AD and LeBron present terrible matchups for for the Kings as well. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure who – like, you'd probably have to stick Harrison on LeBron, and then you'd mm-hmm. maybe have to send a little bit of help with, uh, with Sabonis to AD. So I think it's going to be a matter of what gives. If they end up playing each other, are the guards on Sacramento going to outplay the bigs of the Lakers? And I think that'll be the story of the series. So, um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to just take my guys and say that the, obviously I have confidence in the Kings to pull that one out, but I don't know. I mean, if AD stays healthy, then you never know. Um, I'm not actually as worried about LeBron as I am AD because I think if AD is playing at his best, that's going to be the real issue for the Kings um, because they just get crushed by bigger teams. So, all right. Mm. If I were to say they were playing the Pelicans, how do you feel about that? Uh, Zion back? 
Um, let me check their most recent game oh. to see if um, to see if he's playing. Is I don't he, think is he like out. Yeah, anymore? I don't think he is. No, he's not. But Brandon Ingram has been playing outstanding recently. No, I think that's a pretty favorable matchup for the Kings. That that'd probably be like a four, four and a half yeah. range. I yeah, just don't, I agree. yeah, they have McCollum. They have Bi. Um, Jose Alvarado, uh, what Valanciunas is on that team, mm-hmm. right? But I just don't think they have the firepower. Yeah, to, I to compete. Out of all the teams that we uh, that we listed so far, I agree. I'd feel the most confident so far heading up against the Pelicans. I don't think that's a terrible matchup for the Kings. Um, I think they'd be able to run their guards just around the. Uh, around the gym. I don't know how, I mean, Valanciunas would present a bit of a matchup problem, I think. But I think, I think Sabonis could, could hang with Valanciunas. And I don't know, we just have to really like kind of focus all of the energy on Brandon Ingram. And I think if you took him out of the game, like really made a concerted effort to take him out of the game, then everybody else would sort of have to fill that role. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that they could, but then again, I haven't really been paying all that much attention to the Pelicans. So maybe that's not a fair critique, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And then the last one would be the Timberwolves. And honestly, for me, I think I'd put that at a one. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the team that I don't want to see more than any of them. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you are a Kings fan, I would say the team that we absolutely have to be the most afraid of is the Timberwolves. They are the only team this year who has swept the Kings. They're it. They're the only one. And we've been saying it all year. The Kings do terrible against bigger teams. And every single player on the team is built like a truck. When they go Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards, who's a linebacker playing shooting guard, it's just not good for the Kings. Yeah, that's – I guess they're safe. I don't even know. Because Carl Anthony Towns, when he came back, was playing great. Yeah. Um, Anthony Edwards has been kind of – interesting this year uh he seems like he'll have a game where he'll go for 30 or 40 and then another night you forget that he's even playing um i guess the scary thing for me is his play last year in his first postseason when they went up against memphis and he was dueling with uh john morant remember that yeah it was great um the the moment didn't look the moment looked minuscule for him i mean he was just in it and carrying that team. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're a Minnesota, you're happy with that matchup. Yeah. You'd be kind of looking at your truck. Cause the Kings are by far the smallest team um, on paper consistently. And that's just, it's a nightmare because they are substantially worse when they have to play Shemezi or God forbid they have to put in Alex Lund. For multiple stretches, hey, he actually put in some decent minutes over the past couple games. Yeah, I saw, I saw the, I saw Malik Monk give him a, a pass right on the basket that he had a wide open dunk and he ended up dropping the pass. So, <laughs> I, my confidence isn't there, and I don't think his confidence is there. So to recap, our, our confidence level. So I'm going to go from who we'd be the most confident seeing. Who would be the least confident scene? It would go Pelicans, Clippers, Lakers, 
Warriors, Timberwolves. And I think that's fair matchup wise for the Kings. I really do. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know how this is all going to play out. Like I said at the beginning of all of this, if the playoffs started today, they'd be matched up against the Warriors, which is not great. So I think I'm really going to be rooting for the Clippers and the Lakers. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Pelicans can squeak in. They actually might. They're a game ahead of the – actually, no, they're a game and a half ahead of the Timberwolves. So actually, the Pelicans, I guess, have theoretically as good a chance as the Lakers of squeezing into the sixth spot because they're both um, twelve games back and they have the same exact record. So we're rooting for the Pelicans. I think over the next um, this, this next week of the season, we are pro Pelican fans. Yeah, the Lakers are on fire, though. Yeah, they are. I think they're seven. And, yeah, they're seven and three in their last ten, and they've won their last three. Mm-hmm. So. The Kings actually play the Pelicans tomorrow, so we'll get our answer tomorrow as we're filming as to maybe whether or not it's a favorable matchup. It's in New Orleans, okay. but it's funny that we're talking about that because that's actually who they play next. And then they finish out the season with the fumbling Mavericks. I don't know what's going on with them. Oh, oh, yeah, man, and Get gone. <laughs> Kyrie's going to be gone. That that's going to be a fire sale. I think yeah. that is the ultimate failure. Could yeah, you imagine making that deal as Mark Cuban and then your team just gets worse right away? Yeah, immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like they were, what, the sixth seed before that trade? And then they're out of the plate in. Mm-hmm. They are currently sitting at 11th. And not only are they sitting at 11th, but the Thunder are the 10th seed and they're actually a full game behind them. So there's that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. With two top 15 NBA players? Yeah, two generational players. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. But the Kings will then play the Warriors at home. It'll be their final home game, and then they go on the road against the Nuggets. So we'll actually get to see the Kings against the Pelicans and the Warriors over these last four games. And these last four games are – they're no joke. I mean, the Pelicans are right now a playoff team. The Mavericks, say what you want about how they've been playing. They still have Luka and Kyrie. The Warriors very well could be who the Kings are going to see in the first round. And the Nuggets are the number one seed. Now, granted, they've beaten the Nuggets. But these next four games are going to be as, like, this is perfect preparation for the playoffs. They have to play well over these next four games. Mm-hmm. Well, eh, I wouldn't put too much pressure into it. I think they need to get rest. I, I do some... too, but they also need to figure out their damn defense, dude. I'm sorry. You're going to have to let that go. They're not going <laughs> to figure it out. And, and I don't know, a week? They're not going <laughs> to just figure out their defense. I know I've been saying all along that everybody's defense is going to get better in the playoffs, and generally it does. And everybody's offense is probably going to get – the rotation is going to get tighter. Everybody's going to sure up a little bit on defense. Maybe the shooting is going to go down a little bit. That's just what happens in the playoffs. But, God, you cannot give up 142 points to the Spurs. To the Spurs. Yeah. When you score 134 points in the game, that should be enough to win. And they score 130 points almost every game. They score 120 every game. 
you cannot give up 142 points to the Spurs and let um, Doug McDermott score 30 points on you. Mm. Like that, you just can't do that. By the way, I have to make a comment on uh, okay. on Kenny on the broadcast uh, on our broadcast team. Um, um, who? Hang on, let me um, let me let me pull up Kenny the Jet Smith. No, 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 Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I can't, I can't pull his his last name. It's not Mark, and it's not Kyle. Whoever Kyle was doing the the show with the other night clearly, clearly did not know anything about Doug McDermott because when they were talking about him, I. So Mark Jones had made a comment about how Doug McDermott and Harrison Barnes had played at the same high school together. And the broadcast after the game is going on. And he, I, and again, I can't, I'm so, um, it's making me so mad that I can't place his last name, but he goes, you know, he's going to be a good player over the next couple of years. Acting as if, oh, it was Kenny Thomas. Thank you. Yes, it was Kenny Thomas. Sorry, that's the name. He basically alludes or makes the point that Doug McDermott is, is a young, young is a young yep. guy, and he's going to be so good coming up over the next couple of years. He's going to have such a big role. I was like, dude, he's thirty-one. <laughs> he's well, been in the league still since. Got time. He's been in the league since twenty fourteen. You clearly do not know anything about Doug McDermott. <laughs> still got time. Um, but I just, I found that, I found that funny. Anyway, 42 points. I mean, 142 points Spurs. Doug McDermott had 30. I might agree with you that I have to concede the whole defense thing and just say, well, this is just who they are. But man, I mean, think about how much the Warriors could put up against them in the playoffs like that. So this is kind of interesting. So I'm just on, um, in the last five games, their opponents point punt oh my gosh. Opponents points per game is mm-hmm. one thirteen, which is five less than their seasonal average. Um yeah, they've been playing some pretty poor teams. I was gonna say the eighty points that the Timberwolves scored probably skews that a little. The Blizzards, yeah. Yeah. Um but you could also say, well, the 140 that San Antonio put up definitely hurts it. So it's like, yeah, I they just have some like slightly below average defensive players, individual yeah. defensive players. Like I'd say Sabonis for his position is average to slightly slightly under average. Yeah, he's, he's solid. I don't I don't ever necessarily find him as a defensive liability out there. I don't find myself watching him and going, like, what are you doing? Well, he gets get out rebounded sometimes, which is the annoying part. Well, but, he's leaving the NBA in rebounds. Yeah, I know. So he doesn't get out rebounded often. <laughs> well, I mean, 
team gets out rebounded. The team does get out rebounded. Well, and as since we're talking about Sabonis, I have a stat for you on Sabonis. Okay. Sabonis this season is averaging 19.2 points per game, 12.4 okay. rebounds, 7.2 assists. He's the first player to reach those numbers on 60% uh, or above field goal percentage since Will Chamberlain. Wilt Sabonis? It's Wilt and Sabonis. Wilt Sabonis. It is Wilt and Sabonis. Like, who? I mean, if you're having that, if your name is next to Wilt in anything, then I, I think you're doing, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, probably. I think you're doing all right. But I don't know. I, I'm so you'd mentioned their points that how many points they'd given up, and I'm looking back at the the previous couple games because you know we maybe we had that outlier with Spurs, and maybe we had the outlier with the Trailblazers. So we go back a little bit further. So before that Trailblazers game, they gave up 119 to the Timberwolves, 113 to the Jazz, 127 to the Suns, 132 to the Celtics, and then 128 to the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, now granted, throughout that stretch, they scored 120, 109, 135, 121, 115. So I mean, they're scoring, but. It would it would really really suck if the downfall of this team in the playoffs is just their defense. Ooh. You know, well, Basketball Power Index has them as a bottom five defensive team. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Above above average, um, oh. projected with all these numbers that they're putting up, um, they're about projected with. They're supposed to win about 49% of their games. Um, how is it possible for them to get to the second seed? I don't know. The standings on Google would indicate to me that it says right here, clinched playoff position, and that's what the Kings have. But oh. <clears throat> um, I think that's just the fact that they nec- – I don't know if that means they haven't they don't have the blue next to their name, which means they clinched their division. But I don't know how they couldn't. Um, I guess theoretically, because the Suns are in their division, right? Yep. Yeah, so I guess theoretically the Kings could lose out and the Suns could win out. And then yep. they would they would be tied. Um, but they're only two games behind the Grizzlies and there's four games left. I'll check to see how many games the Grizzlies have. But technically, yes, it looks like... Okay, so the Grizzlies, they both have four games left. So... Yes, they could jump the Grizzlies, but I don't know what the tiebreaker situation is between them. Mm-hmm. I think the Grizzlies have it, so they would have to they'd have to go three and one, and the Grizzlies would have to go one and three. Mm-hmm. And who are the so Grizzlies yes, playing? but probably not. They are playing. Well, they play the Trailblazers tomorrow. Ooh, that's tough. And then game. they play the Pelicans, the Bucks, and the Thunder. Wait, why do the Grizzlies have the tiebreaker? Do they have more conference wins? They don't have more conference wins, I don't think, but I'm assuming they have the the head-to-head against us. Um, unless this is a pre... No, no. I think the Kings have won, have beat them twice. Um, I'm going back. Going back, because the Kings do have more conference wins. The Kings have 31 conference wins. And the uh, Grizzlies only have uh, 29. The Kings have have beaten the Grizzlies on November 22nd and January 23rd. 
Okay, well, then maybe. I guess they could go, well, they'd have to make up ground, like some serious ground. Yeah, but if both, yeah, they need, they need either, they need two more wins than the Grizzlies. So, okay, so they'd actually have to win out. Uh, Why? Well, because wouldn't the, um, uh, well, because I guess I'm thinking more in terms of the Grizzlies, never mind. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's not likely given the Grizzlies schedule. I mean, they play the Trailblazers. You're assuming they're going to win that. The Thunder might be playing for something at that point, so that'll um, that'll be a tough game regardless. The Pelicans are obviously playing for something, and the Bucks are – but I think the Kings have a tougher schedule. Mm, that's not good. Yeah. But the Kings are the best team in the league. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Allergies, man. They're really killing me. Yeah. They're starting to. Well, I think the Kings are most likely going to be locked into that three spot. They'd have to drop all of their games, and the Suns would have to catch them by winning all of their games, which the Suns winning all of their next games isn't un- like the most unlikely thing in the world. But mm. the Kings dropping all four, I think, would be would would kind of be surprising. So I think they're going to be locked into the three spot, which is going to, you know, come back to, you know, who we said they were going to play. Which right now, um, I think my record prediction for the Kings right now is tracking the best out of out of uh, you, Ben, and I. I had them finishing at 49 and 33. You had them finishing at 51 and 31. And Ben had them finishing at 50 and 32. So they would have to win out for your record. They'd have to go three and one for Ben's and they'd have to go two and two for mine. So mine's tracking right now. You just don't believe in them. No, it's not that I don't believe in them. Of course you I can, believe in them. You can get a ticket to the game in New Orleans for as low as four dollars. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Four dollars to go catch a game in April. With two playoff teams. Uh yeah, well New Orleans is what playing. Well they're they're the eighth seed. And then so. a couple days later in Sacramento against Golden State, two hundred and fifty dollars. Well it's the Warriors. But two fifty? I know. For a team's game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a non playoff game? It might as well be a playoff game. It could be a playoff preview. For all we know. Playoff preview. Man, that I feel like the city of Sacramento would love a matchup with Golden State. <laughs> it would be fun. It yeah, would be fun. that would be. Like from a popcorn perspective, playing against the Lakers or the Warriors would be fun. Ooh, yeah, I think the Lakers would be the best. Yes, I, I, I think to I me, agree. to me, too many people are like, "Oh, I actually like the Warriors." Blah, 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 blah. Like they don't hate the Warriors, but they mm-hmm. hate the Lakers. Right, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that would you know what I'm rooting. They need to play the Lakers in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I didn't know I wanted that in my life. I didn't know I needed it in my life. But we need but it. now I want it. Yep. Just so oh. many. We we've never lived in a Lakers Kings 
playoff scenario. We've never been no. alive for that. Well, we were alive. We yeah, not really conscious of what was happening. I don't think I don't think we knew English at that point. Right, right. All right, Lakers, Lakers, Kings, book it. Bring it on, Bryson. Oh, and the smack talk, the smack talk between the three of us would just be nonsense. Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about that. So the the mass amount of media that is like, oh, well, if you're if you're another team, pretty much you want to face the Kings in the playoffs. I think is the sentiment that it's happening everywhere. Yeah, right. And that's that's not the best feeling, but you know. You get that, right? The, what was the saying that we've always been saying in Sacramento? Like, no one's going to respect you until you start winning. Right. And that's the same for the playoffs. Like, no, they haven't won a playoff game. No, I get it. I understand why teams would want to see us. And there are very few people in the media that are disagreeing and saying, I wouldn't be so sure. Um, I think the thing that's been bothering me the most about the Lakers coverage, and I had mentioned this to you, was it feels like everybody who's talking about the Lakers acknowledges how many flaws they've had throughout the season, but they go, mm-hmm. they like overlook it and they say, if X, Y, and Z, if all the, if these five, six, seven, eight things happen for the Lakers, AD stays healthy, stays engaged. LeBron is healthy. Right. Uh, it, all these, all these players still continue to make shots, even though they're slumping those different things. Right, exactly. And it's like all of these, like these 10 things need to happen for the Lakers to be a championship team. It's like, well, can't you say that for everybody? Like if the Kings are playing good defense and they're hitting their threes and Sabonis is out rebounding the big, then they're going to blow a team out. Like they've done it all year. And I think, I think the thing with the Lakers for me right now is until everything really, really, truly starts to click for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Then what are we talking about here? Because it hasn't been the entire season. They're 40 and 38. They've demonstrated this season that they haven't been able to stay healthy. The players haven't been consistent. And until that happens, then let's stop riding the Lakers from the standpoint of, oh, they're a ch- if they get out of the first round and they obliterate whoever they play in the first round because all of those things happen – then okay, yes, we're, we're, we're good to start really having those conversations. But I am getting a little bit tired of the argument of, yeah, if X, Y, Z happen, then they're a championship team. Well, it's like, you could say that about everybody. Like, stop using that argument. <laughs> yeah, but some teams have a, a shorter list than needs to happen. Right, but the more valid argument for me is the fact, and I heard this the other day, since the trade deadline, the Lakers have been the number one defensive team in the NBA. That, to me, is a much more valid argument than saying, well, if AD stays healthy and LeBron stays healthy and Reeves is hitting shots and AD is taking more than 10 shots a game and D'Angelo's hitting it. Like, tell me that one defensive team in the NBA because that gets my attention way more than oh, saying yeah, it does. all of these things have to happen. Once I they get, it does, that gets you excited, too. That gets you like, ooh. I, I, I do have a special place in my heart for defense. <laughs> you do. But, like, to me that feels more valid. Like, am I totally out of bounds on that? I think you're completely out of bounds. Really? Well, we've talked about it before, right? We would give the Lakers a, a better shot of coming out of the West than a lot of teams that are in front of them. Realistically in front of them, who 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 do they have a better shot than? 
right now the better, Warriors, the Clippers, they have better Suns. shot than the Kings. Okay, that's one. Um, I'd give them a better shot than Memphis. Really? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Memphis is ahead of Golden State or Denver. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you the Grizzlies, but who else? The Nuggets, the the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors. Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't think the Nuggets actually stack up well against the Lakers. I don't know. They've been the most consistent Western Conference team the entire year. Uh, they were pretty trash for a couple games there. I mean, they're six and four in their last ten, so they haven't, they haven't okay. been like blowing the roof off the place. Okay, they're the only team with fifty wins in the Western Conference. Yeah, the West sucks. The West doesn't suck. Uh, they're not better. I wouldn't give them a better shot than Phoenix. That's that's pretty safe. But Clippers, right. I'd give them a better shot than for sure. Um, no, Golden State. Yes, the Lakers. No, I don't think so. Over the Clippers. I don't I don't think so. The Clippers are blah. Well, I guess I do have to acknowledge the fact that if Paul George is not playing, then yes. Mm-hmm. If he is playing, then no, I don't think so. And do we know what the Lakers look like with all these players? Like they've there's one three in a row. Well, they're seven and ten in their last uh, I mean, seven and three in their last ten. They're three out of four with LeBron. I mean, they're um, playing. They're playing well. There's no doubt about it. They are a team who I don't. They're carrying a lot of momentum into the playoffs. They're going to be a scary team. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it just all comes back to the top telling me that there are six things that need to go right for the Lakers to be a championship team. They all, like, all these things have to happen because everything you, that you say about that, you can say about any other team. Interestingly enough, Minnesota has a negative point differential. Really? Yeah. They average, it's like half a point per game, but that's still kind of interesting. Like their defense isn't as good as you would think with Rudy Gobert. That's funny because I think during the NFL season, I think at one point the Raiders had a plus point differential and they were like three games under 500. It's mm-hmm. just funny how that works out. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, um, who is it? Dallas is five games under 500, but they average more points per game. That's than hilarious. They're, than they're giving up. How does that work? That is hilarious. That means they've been blowing teams out. <laughs> yeah. And then losing close games. Losing by a little bit. Yeah, it's... That's funny. (laughs) The Kings are averaging three more points than every single team. At least three more points than every single team in the Western Conference. Does that not mean anything? That's what I keep coming back to. Like, I understand that the Kings are an easy team to pick on from the standpoint of we want to see the Kings. I get it. But, like... Give us a little bit of credit, right? But that doesn't scare you? Yeah, like their offense has – like I don't know if it's just as easy to overlook the fact that they've been so, so dominant on offense. Like can you really say, well, one of the most historically best No, you could go one step further. This is the best offense the NBA has ever seen. 
Well, at least for the most, I don't know if they still are maintaining that number, but for the majority of the season, that was an actual statement of fact. Oh, it is. I think it, I mean, if you look, if you, and I get it, the names don't, aren't glamorous, right? Like they don't have Jordan, they don't have LeBron, they don't even have like a James Harden. They don't, they don't have a scoring champion on this team. Right. But all they do is have really efficient scores. Sabonis, one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA. Fox has become infinitely more efficient than his first couple of years. I mean, he is making at such a high clip. Um, Herter at times is unplayable. Like there is times where you just scratch your head because he takes five bajillion steps before he shoots a three. And for some reason it's not a travel, but he does it. It doesn't make any sense to me. He like throws the ball out in front, grabs it, takes three steps and then shoots. And I'm like, that looks like a travel every single time. Like it just looks weird. Well, and that was, and I remember making this argument on the show a while back for a champ, for a team to be a championship team. You don't need 10 superstars. You need a few, one, two or three. And then some really like B level players on the team. And but the Kings, the Kings don't have a superstar. Right. Well, I would argue that the Kings have at least two borderline superstars. No, I mean Sabonis dude, you're Sabonis, being too listen, no, that's Sabonis too generous Sabonis, with the superstar. Sab- okay, whatever. Sabonis has moved into the NBA's top five list for MVP. He would Sabonis alone be able to win the Kings a playoff series. It, honestly, he him not being I don't I don't know, but him not being there would guarantee a loss. Well, that doesn't mean that that doesn't answer the question. Well, like Giannis without Middleton or Holiday, I think could still win a playoff series. That to me is a superstar. Well, yes, but it's tough because I don't. I don't. Could Jokic do that? I feel like it's a little yes. bit indicative. No, he about... definitely did. He did it when Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were injured. Okay, that's fair. Then fine. We won't say superstars, but let's say they have two A level players. Ugh. A minus. Okay, fine. A minus level players. But Everybody else. Yes, is... Sabonis will be an All NBA player, but that does not mean that he can just put the Kings on his back. Yes, I love everything he does. But, but that, he's not but that's going out point. and scoring 40. But that's my point, though. That's my point. You don't – if you, you have an all-NBA player on your team and you have somebody who very easily in Fox could make a case for being an all-NBA player and very well may end up being. So maybe you don't have superstars, but you have three players who are right now probably in the top 20 in the NBA. Fair enough? Oh, top 20, no. top 25? Top 30. Okay, I don't know. I, I well, think dude, you're Fox was an too- alternate, so he didn't even make the top 24. Yeah, but a lot of that it was fan voting. They were never going to get in. Through he fans. didn't make it. He didn't make it because of the coach voting. The okay. coaches. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 25 top 25 players. I don't think that's that generous. Anyway, everybody else, very B level players, that like solid players who you would want on your team. Keegan yeah. Murray just broke the rookie record for three-point shooting. He's gotten yeah. so much better at creating his own shot. Harrison yeah. Barnes is just a very consistent – he was terrible at the beginning of the season. I but still once, only see Keegan Murray 
take and make catch and shoot shots. That's fine. That's fine. That's what that's I'm not saying. creating your own shot. I'm saying he's gotten better at it. I'm not saying that's all he like. He doesn't need to create a lot of his own shots right now. What I'm saying is that the system, the way that they all play together, you don't necessarily need. You don't always need a Giannis. You don't always need a LeBron. What you need are two guys to spearhead your team, two or three guys to spearhead your team, and then really solid players to complement to complement the team in different ways. And that's what they are. They're, they're a unit more than a LeBron. You know what I mean? Like they come at you as a group as opposed to, you know, one or two guys. And I think that could be really effective. Who knows if that could bring them deep into the playoffs. Maybe to go deeper in the playoffs, you need a guy like that. But at mm-hmm. least to get there and perform well, you need a unit. And they've got, they've got a unit to at least make potentially some noise. And I don't want to make it sound like we think they're going to make it to the NBA championship. I don't think any Kings fan thinks that they're going to make it to the NBA championship. Let's not get crazy here. It'd be cool. But, it would be very cool. But a little bit of respect for them would be nice. Just a little bit. Yeah, just Sabonis doesn't scare you. I, everyone, everyone acknowledges how great he's been this year. You can't take that away, but I guess he's just not going to go for 40 against your team. He might not and go that's... for 40, but he'll go for 25, 15, and 10. But the Kings' biggest MO is they're going to outscore you. Right, but Sabonis doesn't have to go for 40 because Keegan might go for 20. And Malik might go for 40. Fox might go for 40. Even Hell, even Kevin Herter, if he's on fire, will go for 30. Like, Sabonis doesn't have to do that. And I would prefer, honestly, that he doesn't. Because I would like him to be what he is. Scoring 20 to 25 a game, getting a ton of rebounds, and making plays for other people. He's the reason why Fox can go for 40. He's the reason why Malik can go for 40. Because anybody can run a pick and roll with him, and he'll find anybody. So that was my point kind of with saying, like, maybe Sabonis, at least when you look at him, you would say, well, he's not going to win you a series. Okay, Maybe not from the standpoint of, you know, he's not going to score 45 points, but he will be the reason why other people do. Mm-hmm. So in that standpoint, yes, I think he could win you a series, even though it may not be as apparent. He'll be the reason why Fox is able to to get 30 or Malik can get 30 because they'll just run a pick and roll with him every time. Mm-hmm. And then he'll find somebody. He'll get the rebound. He'll maybe score a point, and he'll be he'll he'll win it for you that way. The way you're describing him is like he's the best role player of all time. Well, I don't even know if necessarily he's the best role player of all time, but he certainly seems to be one of the easiest people in the NBA to just plug and play with. You know, like what big right now besides like. Giannis or Jokic or be the obvious ones. Would you rather have running a two man running a two man game with you? Oh, Rudy Gobert, dude, best offensive big in the league. Right. 
Right. <sighs> never seen that. Never seen a guy that tall blow so many layups. You know, it always pissed me off when big guys blow layups because as a little guy who has to like huck it over those guys, it's like you guys are less than a foot away from the hoop. Just finish. <laughs> like you're right there. You've done all of the work. You've grown to seven feet tall. Congratulations. <laughs> finish it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm down here throwing it a hundred yards up to the rim. You know, it is I'm gonna have to start charging for these sessions. It, it is what it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just letting it all out here. All right. Well, getting to the end of the episode. Give me a prediction. Give me a prediction for next week. Where, who, who will the Kings be playing? Because we'll know by the next episode. Um. Uh, yeah it's kind of hard to project they're all so like one game apart between four teams the Warriors Uh, are playing the Thunder the Kings and the Trailblazers that's not the hardest schedule in the world no it's not the Clippers are finishing with the Pelicans the Lakers the Trailblazers and the Suns that's rough yeah that's not easy the Lakers are Will finishing. Will the Suns be playing for anything at that point? The Lakers are playing the Jazz, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz again. They could easily go three and one right there. And then the mm. Pelicans. We know the Pelicans are playing the Kings, and then they play the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and the Timberwolves. I, so I, I think it's going to be Phoenix um, for. Lakers five, Golden State six, Clippers seven, Pelicans eight. Yeah, I I agree uh, with you. Looking at that schedule, I think the Lakers could jump to five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess they'd have Golden State. All right, bring it on, Steph. Oh, that's gonna be awful. <laughs> That's so. What is Josh gonna do? Oh, he's just gonna be the biggest Warriors bandwagon of all time. Well, we're gonna have him on. We're we're gonna get him on. We gotta talk playoffs with him. Yep, that would be. I'm telling you, dude, that would be the best series. The offensive uh, firepower in that series would be would be fun to watch. They are the two best offenses in the conference with two of the worst defenses. Yep. Just letting it fly. Um, yep. It goes Kings have the third worst defense and then the Warriors have the fifth worst. Well, there you go. So at least we're a little bit um, better. <laughs> well, a lot of bit, a lot better. Uh, well, they average, the Kings average a lot more points than the Warriors do. That's true. All right, bring it on, Steph. Knocked on hardwood. <laughs> they average three more points to, than everyone else in the NBA. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a, How that's a lot. That, like, there's a jumbled up mess at around 118 points per game, and then there's just the Kings at 121. Yeah, I, again, 
I don't know why they haven't been getting a little bit more respect. I understand that they're an easy team to point out to say that's who they want to play. And I'll be honest, if I was another team, I'd want to play the Kings too. But some acknowledgement of what they've done other than, well, they're just having the best season of their career. It's like, okay, have you guys been watching? Yeah, it's just looking at it, it's honestly bizarre. It is. It's like they were the only team that didn't get the memo that to average 118 points. There's 10, like seven or eight teams around 118 points. And then there's just the Kings. Three points more. Yeah. Like how are they three points better of an offense than everyone else in the NBA? Yeah. And let's not forget the, the times that were there. I mean, they've consistently been in the, the 130s. They put up 130s a bunch. A bunch. They had a 170 game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't seem to be more of a concern for other people. I mean, for other analysts, but, I mean, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out very soon. I mean, we will know the next time we are recording who they're going to be playing. So, I'm excited. I hope everybody else is excited. I'm I'm glad that we're uh, we're back. We're doing the show. It was uh, I was getting a little antsy waiting to talk about the team. I wanted them to clinch sooner rather than later so we could get uh, get back and, and start talking about all this. So I'm glad we got to. Um, Sam, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm thinking we should do a uh, we should do a show after every single playoff game. Yeah, I'm down for that. I don't know. That. I don't know when the next time in our life there's going to be a King, Kings playoff game. Exactly. Take advantage of it. Do like a 20, 30 minute show right after each game. I'm down. I'm thinking Let's a do it. two hour special. Oh, maybe that too. <laughs> Just break it down every single play. We'll do a pregame show and then a postgame show <laughs> <laughs> and then a halftime show. <laughs> Here's what we think is going to happen. Oh, that did not happen. Get to halftime. Oh. We were so wrong. We were so wrong. We, we really thought this was going to be a close game. The Kings were up by 50 at halftime. That was insane. Oops, that was, sorry. That was insane. Steph decided – he was a D, DNP. Draymond, his flight got canceled, so he pretty stuck sure, somewhere. I'm pretty sure the wrong Curry suited up. I think that's Riley in Steph's right. jersey. Clay. Right. Ugh, that's probably – that's the doppelganger, Clay. Yep. Someone's got to check, check Draymond. Yeah. It's it's just easy out there. It's, it's are they calling Josh to suit up? <laughs> it's out there. So see that's All the right. problem. There's no baddies in Sacramento, so Jordan Poole's not going to play well. That's true. That's true. Although I think you're selling uh, Sacramento a little bit short there. <laughs> well, Jenna won't be in the be in the audience, so there's not going to be any baddies. Good save. Good save. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful week. We will see you all uh, in about seven-ish days when we know for the first time in 16 years who the Kings are going to be matched up with in the playoffs and what a day that's going to be. So enjoy your week, enjoy your weekend, and we will see you all later. Go Kings! Yeah!